So 2014, I don't think I get my first start till Easter Sunday. Like I'm up, I don't get my first start till Easter Sunday. I'll never forget because I get two hits that day, but that ain't even the highlight of the day. We had a we had an Easter Easter Sunday like bench clearing on like kind of brawl. Um, like like literally punches were thrown, and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to keep the peace, but I'm in there with my guys. But I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I got two hits, man. It's my first start. Like, hey, we got to get this game back going. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Subway. What's good, everybody? It's 99 Miles Per Hour Podcast with me, your host, Percy Garner. And if you're new here, I would like to say thank you. Uh, on this podcast, we talk about life and sports. So if you like the content, I'd appreciate it if you like and subscribed. And also make sure you hit the bell because then you'll be notified next time we go live because I am doing some live streams now. Uh, it's scary, but we're going to do it and we're going to keep it coming. And uh, yeah, we're trying to get more baseball players and we're going to cover all sports too. But um, like I said, if you're liking the content, make sure you like and subscribe. We're going to keep coming with it. And uh, I got a special guest today, but before we get into the guest, I want to make sure you guys are aware the merch is still up online. And remember, all the proceeds go to help a high school student in my home county. So uh, go throw to, you know, the website, percygarner.com, some love, and uh, help out a high school student with some college fees. And then also, if uh, you want to join the 99 miles per hour Discord, you know, it's focused on pitching because that's what I know. But, uh, you know, we're trying to grow the community to, to cover all baseball. So uh, that link will be in the description as well. But all right. Hopefully I didn't miss anything, but I'm, I'm excited to get to our guest today. So uh, this guest today, we've been trying to get on a podcast, but I mentioned last episode how I kind of dropped the ball, lost communication, and I'm not very good at texting. You know, I get sidetracked. You know, I'm a man. That's what happens. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, our guest today uh, is from Cincinnati, went to the University of Cincinnati, is actually a Hall of Famer at the University of Cincinnati which is, you know, ama amazing. Uh, we're going to get into that as well. Um, was drafted by the Cubs and made his debut in 2011 and uh, turned that into an all-star career. Still playing. I'm not, I ain't trying to <laughs> insinuate nothing. He's still going, but he was an all-star in 2014 to 2017. We share the same agent. And uh, there's some stuff I, I got to thank him for um, in my career uh, that he probably didn't even know he did, but um, also hosts a camp. Not sure if he's still doing that. I remember I helped a little bit at the camps, but he's just doing a lot of things while he's impacting, you know, kids uh, around the world. And uh, obviously he's a family man as well, celebrating 10 years of marriage with his wife, Brittany. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got Josh Harrison on the show today. What's going on, Josh? What's going on, Percy? Appreciate you having me on, man. Always a good time catching up with you. I know it's been a minute since I'm a civilian. I, you know, I'm out in the real world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And, uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm very excited to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, today we're going to talk about, you know, obviously the, the great career you've had and, and continue to have and talk about some family. And, uh, I want to focus on the thing that I don't think I'd ever have the confidence or courage to do what you did. Uh, and we'll get into that as well. And then I want to talk about uh, you and your wife, Brittany's foundation, 
because I have a soft spot for giving back. Hopefully a lot of people have that soft spot. And then obviously you and Brittany do as well. And then, uh, you know, we'll end with some some tips for some youth, uh, not, you know, mechanical or hitting stuff, but just some stuff that you learned through your career. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the show. But let's just start with one milestone that I think is pretty cool that I would even, you know, I don't really think about, you know, because I'm a pitcher and I'm trying to keep the hits low. But uh, <laughs> you uh, you got your thousandth hit uh, during the 2022 season, which is amazing. And I think you um, you you past the 10 year mark of plan. So I didn't realize, I mean, time goes fast, which you, you know, everybody knows, but 10 years in the league, a thousand hits, man. I mean, how, how does it feel to have that accomplishment going on? It's not like you dream your whole life to go, Hey, you know what? I just want to play 10 years in the league. Like that's not what you think, but it's kind of nice to be like, Oh wow. 10 years. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Uh, like I got, I got part of 12 seasons at the highest level, but, um, anybody that plays a sport, you know, we've dedicated our whole lives to it from, from a young age. And, and to look back and reflect on it and know that I've uh, played 10 full major league seasons, definitely a blessing, man, um, especially considering um, some of the adversity I've gone through just while being at the highest level. I had a stretch of four to five straight seasons where I spent at least six weeks six weeks on the injured list. Um, multiple questions of am I still going to play? It was never a question to me, but – um. You know, I also understand people asking that question because multiple, you know, a lot of people don't return from injuries, especially multiple. And uh, something that, you know, I don't take for granted. And as you said, it definitely goes fast. And to be able to reflect on that, to say I got a thousand hits um, and, and and I'm still going, especially after, you you know, as some of the adversity that I've mentioned, um, you know, it's definitely a blessing. And it's not part of the reason I smile. You know, that's just part of who I am. But um you know, setting out to play this game, I, I I live in the moment and don't really get a chance to reflect on things that I've done in my career. And that was uh, one of the more special moments that, that I can remember, um, especially years of recent. Yeah, and it also happened, you had a birthday too. So would you turn like 40 or something? No, I'm playing. Two, man, 22. <laughs> <laughs> no, we- yeah, that, 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 that was a wild, I won't say a wild week, but, uh, you know, the same week that I turned, you know, 35, I don't look it or feel it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, my thousands hit. So, uh, kind of my own birthday present to myself, nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, um, you know, I just remember, I think I, I think we, I pitched that game too. I think if, if I remember correctly, no, <laughs> I, I, you messed it I'm up. I was going to sure. bring that up later too about <laughs> you pitch it too, but <laughs> I, I, I got a crazy memory because I'm pretty sure I'm the only person to pitch while career, while recording a career milestone hit. Um, uh, which was cool in its own, but at the same time, if I'm on the mound, we in a bad spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I wanted to come to that game because it was against uh, the Guardians, but um, yeah, no, 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 I think it was Minnesota. It was Minnesota. I, I think it was Minnesota. Uh, it was. It would have. It was right around there though, because I knew I wanted to come up to that game and, and holler at you, but down right after that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it was a stretch in division play. I think Cleveland came in right after that. Got you. Well, that's cool. You recorded your 1,000th hit against Minnesota, and I recorded my first strikeout against Minnesota. So that's what's up. <laughs> Thank God for Minnesota. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, um, no, man, that's, like, I just wish, you know, not like that my viewers got to know, like, who you are. You obviously talk about smiling and stuff. And we share that, you know, and I don't know that's what connected us to Jonathan because, you know, he's always smiling and full of joy as well. But, um, you know, 
obviously I love having you on the show because you're a great player, but you know, through all my interactions and just what I've seen from, you know, social media and everything, it's just, you're, you're just as good as a person as you are a player. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, talk about that a little bit and, and talk about, you know, how family you are. You got two daughters and, uh, you know, being a girl dad, you know, I, I got a boy and a girl, but we all know the girls. We, we wrapped around the fingers. <laughs> sure, you got one. I got two. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I know you, like I said, 10 years of marriage, but I want to just talk about like do you, playing while you have daughters because my daughter, she doesn't know me as a baseball player because she wasn't born yet. And to me, you know, when she sees me, she's like, who is that you, dad? I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, I used to be athletic, but uh, because <laughs> uh, I think she's going to be my athlete. So, but, okay. um, but, you know, having two daughters, like, what does that mean to, to someone like you who is always positive? And I see you as a, a positive, you know, role model in all aspects of life, not just baseball. But what's that look like for you at home? Uh, family is very important to me. It's everything to me. Um. And just growing up, I was the youngest of three, two older brothers, very uh, close-knit family, big family on both sides, my mom and dad's side. And um, I got an uncle that played 11 years in the majors, coached for 40. So baseball's always been, you know, kind of in our family. But more than that, that that was something that I've always learned from my uncle is, um, you know, one, never give him a reason to see that you're not working. You know, don't don't give anybody a reason. But uh also, just being how I grew up, being the youngest of three, being very observant, uh, very humble family. My, my mom and dad, I got two older brothers, as I mentioned, Vince and Sean, and I may be a little biased being their younger brother, but uh, at the same time, I'm being realistic. For the state of Ohio, city of Cincinnati, two of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I was the youngest brother, beneficiary of you know being that annoying little brother that was too small to play with him, but also... You know, they, they got to take me along. So I, I probably never scored. They probably didn't pass me the ball. You know, I, if I got down, I wasn't going to pass it. Um, you know, but, but at the same time, when I got amongst my peers, there was there was nothing that my peers could, you know, do to intimidate me because I had two older brothers that pretty much put me through the ringer. And um, as I said, both of my, my brothers are world athletes. I'm the youngest of three. I can remember coming home from school, answering phone calls from – any division one college in the nation calling for either one of my brothers. Um, Moldis brother Vince played football and baseball at UK. Middle brother Sean played Juco baseball. Um, life takes us all in different directions, but, uh, you know, I, I can just remember being at home at University of Michigan, University of Miami, Southern California. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking messages and both of them are 5'11, six feet in high school. My senior year, I'm five six, one fifty five, soaking wet, <laughs> you know. And, and at the time, you know, size is, is something that was very big as far as being recruited. No matter what sport, if you were six feet and you looked apart, oh, you got you got an opportunity to go to the next level. Um, and as I said, my brothers were outstanding athletes, and not once did my dad ever brag on us. And I think that was something that you know, always stuck with me. My parents never bragged on us when I tell you they had every right to. They had every right to brag on us, but not once were they my son this, my son that. They were always appreciative of, you know, us being able to go to college, um, not have to come out of pocket to pay for school. Th those small things that 
you know, kind of get thrown to the side when people look at athletic families. That they, they tend to look at the big picture plan in the NFL, NBA, MLB, which is all a bonus. But um, for, for people that have kids, if they want to go to college, you know, sometimes a, a athletic scholarship can definitely help when your family may not have the means, you know, to pay for four years of school. And seeing my parents never, never brag on us was something that even to this day, you know, has kind of stuck with me and why I carry myself the way that I do because no, no matter how good you are at something or whatever, it can be taken away. That's, that's all a blessing. That's just, that's just, you know, icing on the cake. True. And I, <laughs> that, that's hilarious that you mentioned that. Um, cause I told Percy he has to get a scholarship somewhere. No, <laughs> no but seriously though, like, in the way that life is now, college is even more expensive than when we, you know, were coming up. Yeah. Yeah, and you I know, chose out of state school. You know, I wasn't very smart, but <laughs> hey, but hey, but that school was a good fit for you. Look, it look, was. Look, it worked out. Provided for you, and I look at it as I said, man. I, I I signed my national letter of intent the same day I graduated high school. So humility is something that's always been a part of what I've had to go through. Being the youngest sibling, I didn't have a, a space to talk. You know, I I had to wait my turn for everything. And as I look back and reflect on some of the things I've gone through has uh, definitely helped me get through the adversity that I've dealt with multiple times throughout my career at various levels. Um, and that's just from my home bring and, and knowing that as quick as you can get, it can be taken away. Yeah. And it's, you, you kind of overlook it until you get to where we're at in our lives. And then you, you understand later on once you're, you know, in college or maybe even out of college, that dang, my parents is right. They actually know what they're doing, <laughs> you know. And then you start right. to appreciate them. We we all got our own minds, think like, oh man, I should be doing this or this is what I want to do. And then you had those those aha moments, like, man, mom and dad, y'all, you know what? You're right, you're right. I, I, I was a knucklehead, but at the same time, you know that's that's part of life, especially having kids. You you can try to mold them, suggest things, but ultimately they're their own individual and they're going to make decisions. But you just hope the things that you kind of instilling them you know may may be in the back of their minds because i mean we're all human we're going to make mistakes we're going to make our own decisions but but knowing that you got people there that genuinely love you and try to guide you in the right way you know allows you to get back on track if you you, you kind of fall off yeah i mean it's all part of growing up uh, i realize the support i got from everywhere family and all that but uh you know i don't know if you were blessed like me but high school coaches and even college coaches i was blessed so um, I always kind of look at that cause I hear horror stories when I'm, when I get to, you know, pro ball and you hear my coach did this, my coach was like that, especially in college, they like to take advantage and it's a, it's a lot of, you know, sad stories, but you know, uh, uh, fortunately I didn't have to go through that. And I was, you know, I'm always thankful for, you know, the people that I've met and I don't know if that's, you know, just the, the company that I keep that sends me there or if it's, you know, by the grace of God, which obviously it is, but it's just a lot of situations that I found myself in where I was just very thankful, not always in the time, but you know, like we said later, later on. Sure. Cause, um, I, I feel the same way. Like we all know people that, as you mentioned, have had horror stories at, at various programs of pro ball. And, and I won't sit here and say that I haven't had any myself. Um, college was, was great to me. I, I have no issues with what I went through at UC. I played as a freshman every day. Um, considering I signed to go there the day I graduated high school. Um, you know, I was like the last signee. But, um, you know, I, I look at all my experiences, and, and not everything has been great for me through all the levels. 
but I can look back at my college years and know that, you know, they let me play right away. And, and I also look at, you know, I, I don't take things for granted. As I said, having an uncle that played in the major leagues and coach, my oldest brother, who's actually um, just got hired to coach in AAA for the Reds in Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Always been, you know, in my corner, especially, you know, since my senior year of high school. Not that he wasn't always, but there's a seven and a half year age difference between us. And uh, my senior year of high school was like the first time that he really got a chance to see me play and be around me. He was actually home rehabbing from a broken wrist. So he helped coach basketball. But baseball, he literally was like our – he was an assistant coach, but he literally was putting our, our baseball team through, like, not pro workouts, but, like, attention to detail, you know, not like a normal high school program, go hit, go take ground balls. Like, when I tell you our, our batting practice was, hey, if you get in, if you rolled over, there was 10 push-ups for every rollover ground ball you hit in BP. So you see guys getting out of their cage and doing the Willie Mays Hayes on the side of the cage. And, and I kid you not – First, if you took a swing and, and you popped it up and you hit the turtle, your round was over. It didn't matter if it's your first swing or your fifth swing. Dang. So all attention to detail that he was able to bring back to us. We, we seniors in high school. We like, no, nah, man, we want to take BP. Granted, I'm not like that. Neither was um, a few other guys. You know, we I think we had seven or eight guys that went on to play at the next level, whether it was, you know, NAIA, D2, D3. But um, we went from my sophomore and junior year being knocked out the first round to my senior year going to the state final four, being one pitch away from playing the state championship. Mm-hmm. And it was just you know, having that experience of, you know, that's my brother. I, I get to talk to him. I got that outlet. But my teammates, not everybody has an outlet of somebody that's played pro ball that understands the grind of the ins and outs of what it takes to the small details of why teams win, why teams lose. And, um, like I said, that, that, that was a blessing in disguise for me and my brother, I guarantee, which I have no doubt in my mind, if my brother doesn't, you know, have those injuries, he, we're playing against each other in the major leagues at some point in my career. But, you know, life takes everybody different ways, and he was able to channel that energy to, you know, help me further my career because he helped me my senior year of high school. And then I go to, go to UC, and he tore his quad that spring training. So even my freshman year of college, he was back home helping me make that transition from my senior year of high school to freshman year of college. And I'm playing every day. I'm getting tips from my brother who's in pro ball that's played in college. Hey, pay attention to how they pitch you on Friday night. They're going to pitch you that same way on Saturday and then on Sunday, where some of my teammates are not saying they're trying to figure it out on their own. We all are. But my brother's giving me these ins and outs of, hey, college works on tendencies. If they st- They're going to stay away from you 80% of the time. Look for this. Watch how they pitch you Friday. They're going to pitch you the same with it. And help me make those adjustments that you got to make at each level, you know, because as you progress, you're going to have to make certain adjustments physically, mentally. Um, and like I said, being the youngest of three, when I was young, I was just trying to be around both him and my middle brother because they literally all world athletes and kind of came back, you know, full circle when it was kind of my time. Um, I was a late bloomer, late developer, but I had my older brother that was pretty much there to help me. And uh, a little closer with my middle brother in age, so the various times that I thought I could beat him up and I lost, um, <laughs> you know, it always helped me with the the whole, um, you know, tenacity of never giving up. You know, I'm gonna get you one day. I'm gonna get you one day. <laughs> I'm seven, eleven. I never got him, but you know that 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 will to never give up because I'm gonna compete. If, if I can compete against my older brothers when I get amongst my peers, that, that there's nothing that can keep me from. From having that confidence. Yeah, and 
I just, you know, I, I knew at some point I was going to cover this is just because how you, you know, in football, they talk about quarterbacks extending plays, but you never hear that in baseball. But you were like the ex- <laughs> the baseball <laughs> play extender. And like, no matter what it is, whether it's diving at a ball, you know, running backwards into the outfield that no one thinks you can get to and you get to it. Or it's, you know, doing probably what you did with your brother in the backyard, you know, getting in rundowns and trying to figure out a ways to get out of them and making dudes look silly because not everybody is, you know, gifted in a, in a multi-sport kind of way. And you could take things from different sports and bring them into football, uh, bring them into baseball. And what I always loved, like when I would see you on Top 10 or just on SportsCenter, I'm like, man, because it would just make me smile every time I saw you. I'm like, man, this dude, is, even when you make a play, like, you're just always having fun, and and that's the way the game should played. And I struggle, I sh- I struggle with that like throughout my career. And you know, sometimes I might be in the clubhouse and I see, oh yeah, Josh Harrison makes diving play, or Josh Harrison, you know, tags up on an infield fly, or you know, just something like that. You're like, what the heck did this dude do? And it, it always brought a little smile, a little pick me up. And that's what I was, you know, I, I guess foreshadowing earlier when I was talking about things that you didn't even know you did. I was just always like, man, you know, because I knew you as a person. And I knew yeah. I was like, this dude is a positive dude. And when I see you make plays and, and, and get your shine on ESPN and stuff, it, it just always felt good to see somebody like yourself, you know, getting getting the shine. And especially because you don't – it's not like you're – like you said, with the humility. You're not always like, you know what, I'm Josh Harrison. You know, this is what we do. You know, you got to have the confidence on the field. But you never carried yourself uh, as an arrogant way, which we all run into to, to people like that, especially in the baseball world, especially, the, you know, people that, that get a lot of money and the, and the signing bonus and all that. But, uh, you, you know, we just had Mark Leiter on the podcast last week and he was talking about, like, you know, how you just mentioned that you had your brothers and, you know, uncles and, you know, just to give you, you know, tips that not every coach can give you because not every coach goes to college or professional uh, levels and they can give you the tips that typically aren't there. So Mark with the same, his dad and uncle pitch in the big leagues and it's just a different advantage and not everybody takes advantage, but obviously you, you did. So um, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, with your, with your brothers, because it's not always you get the chance to shine the light on people that, you know, maybe you knew were great athletes, but injuries or something, like you said, takes them on a different path. And, um, you know, we didn't know them as a, as a great athlete, but now not everybody can transfer into coaching, but obviously Vince has, uh, has done that and done a great job and has a long career as a coach. Cause he came from the diamondbacks, right. Uh, from to go to the reds. Yeah. He, uh, he was managing. Let me think. He, he had managed the past like three or four years. He's been a hidden coach, been a manager. Um, so he, he's got his experience, you know, in, in a lot of different fields of the coaching ranks. Um, and he, he was up to double A as a hidden coach and then went back, you know, to be a manager. And uh, when this opportunity, you know, presented itself, I think it was, I don't want to say a no-brainer for him, but, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people don't tend to think about are, you know, the, the, the daily things that we miss out on. Um, he, he was in Hillsboro which is out in, like, Portland. Being that far, he's got three kids. Yeah. Um, so you away from family, being away from, you know, your kids, being away from your mom and dad. And, uh, you know, this was like a blessing in disguise. He's in Louisville now, an hour and a half, two hours away from home. Every Monday is off. He's got the opportunity sometimes on a Sunday to say, I'm going to go home for, for this day. I'll be back Tuesday. I get to see my family. Um, all, all those things help with, you know, the the, the, the emotional part 
of, of what we deal with as players and coaches because, you know, one thing we do is sacrifice a lot of time with, you know, our families. And, I mean, even last night, the, the whole Bengals and Bills game was, was just a, you know, eye-opener for people to realize, like, you know, you, you saw the empathy that people poured out for, for uh, DeMar Hamlin and, and the Bills as far as, you know, it's bigger than, than football. Um, yes, these dudes wake up every day, think about playing football, just like I wake up, hey, how can I get better at baseball to help my team, this, that, and the other. But, you know, last night was a situation where it's like, we're, we're human beings first. And, you know, the son is somebody's, you know, brother or, you know, good friend. Um, and, you know, you, you, you take a step back and realize that, you know, the sacrifices that we all make, you know, some m- money's not everything. People think money, you know, takes that away when, you know, money's just a byproduct of what we do. Um, it's not the end-all, be-all, because just as fast as we can get it, it can be taken away. But uh, you're always going to be somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's friend. And uh, that goes way further than being an all-star in whatever sport you play. That's true. And I liked how they were on social media showing clips of him, you know, with his family and not the play, yeah. which which is good, you know. And I, I, there is little, little tiny bit of – of good positive energy on the internet. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> hey, hey. I mean that, that that's the world in general. We we live in a negative world, and um, it, it negativity is easily is easy to highlight because it's always around us. Um, that's why it's, it's nice to highlight positivity because there's a lot of positivity going around. But you know, it what do they say? That's not sexy in some eyes. You know what I mean? Like like people like drama. We we live in a world full of reality TV that. Oh, people, I want to be the first to say this, this is what happened. This is negative. We're spreading rumors. It's like, that's fine. But, you know, let, let, let's let spread some positivity because at the end of the day, that's why I'm positive. Negativity is going to be around. Yeah. So, so why dwell in negativity? Yeah. I acknowledge it. It's going to be around, but I, I don't want to dwell in that space because, you know what, I, I got I to gotta put positive energy out because it, it's, it's apparent negativity is going to be around me. Yeah. Everybody. And, and you definitely do. And just to, to end that, like my mom never flew anywhere to see me play before she passed. And I blame it all on the negative thing because they don't talk about the 99.9% planes that are landing. Yes, <laughs> they talk about that one day crash. And, um, but that's the world we live in. We, we both acknowledge that. But And um, then take his first flight until my junior year of college when we were going to the Big East tournament. When I tell you my dad drove everywhere, I mean, it, it, I'm, we all driving there. My brother Vince is a junior in high school. He's going to play in Pensacola, Florida for, for baseball. We in this, this brown van we call Big Ugly. <laughs> for, we call it Big Ugly. That, 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 was, that was the nickname for it. I mean, mom, dad, me, both of my brothers. I, I even think my aunt and my cousins were with us. Um, like, we dr- drive down there, and I'm probably seven. I was my brother is a junior at UK playing baseball at LSU. My dad and some friends, they ain't flying. They driving down to LSU. My junior, my year of college, my dad drove for Florida Atlantic for our opening series. My junior year, we opened up Miami, Florida. He drove to Miami. It wasn't until that spring he took his first flight back down to Florida for the Big East tournament. But my dad's the type, oh, I was he was going to drive everywhere. So <laughs> I get it. You know, nah, man, I, I can control the driving. You know that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So, so no, I, I understand it. I get it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's funny, man. The big ugly. I, I love hearing stories like that, man. Um, 
Now, the 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 thing that I kind of, you know, want to talk about, you know, I love, you know, talking about family and, uh, you know, we're going to get into, you know, we talked about your daughters and stuff. Uh, I don't want to leave Brittany out, but we'll get to that when we talk about your foundation. I want to talk about, um, you know, I forget what it was 2015 when you're uh, going through arbitration and negotiations, whatever it was. I'm not, you know, I know we got the same agent, but obviously he can discuss all that with me. I just knew he said Josh bet on himself and, you know, it worked out. And I'm just like, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. But <laughs> and I know Brittany was probably in your ear. And then you had the Pirates saying, hey, we need you to do this. Come on, sign. And then you had Jonathan saying, I don't know. <laughs> But just fill me in real quick how that went. I, I, I can remember because 2014, I, that's my third year in the big leagues. I've been up since 11. I was up all year 2012. 2013, I was optioned five times. Service time, I'm like, so 2014, I don't think I get my first start till Easter Sunday. Like, I'm up. I don't get my first start till Easter Sunday. I'll never forget because – I get two hits that day, but that ain't even the highlight of the day. We had a we had an Easter Easter Sunday like bench clearing, um, like kind of brawl, um, like like literally punches were thrown, and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to keep the peace, but I'm in there with my guys, but I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I got two hits, man, it's my first start, like, hey, we got to get this game back on, <laughs> and you know, things kind of come full circle. That's my first start. I got two hits, didn't start the next day, so I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm talking, and I, I literally. I talked to my brother Vince, and at the time, let me think, he might have been, no, this was the year he stopped coaching. This was the one year he didn't coach, the previous years with the Pirates. And I'm talking to him, you know, voicing my frustration, like, man, I don't know what I got to do, like, to play. Like, I've been here for three years. And he was like, man, just keep doing what you're doing. He's like, I got a funny feeling. We're going to be laughing at this at the end of the year. It didn't even take for the end of the year. I remember calling him when they told me I made the All-Star team. It hadn't been announced yet. And I called him. Obviously, he he's coaching. He's actually he was coaching. He was away because he couldn't make the All Star game. And I called him. I was like, "Bro, remember you told me we was gonna be laughing at the end of the year?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "We gotta wait till the end of the year." He's like, "What you mean?" I was like, "I just got selected to the All Star game." And you know, he's like, "See, told you, man." Like, obviously, thrilled for me. I end up playing the rest of that season, have my you know career year. And I remember going into the off season, me and Jonathan. Hey, I'm going into arbitration. I'm like, all right, finally, you know. I can get paid what I'm what I'm owed, or you know, put in my time. And I remember we are probably three days away from the arbitration deadline, where you got to agree the numbers, or you go to you know court. And Pittsburgh reaches out and say, "Hey, we want to offer you a deal." And obviously, Johnson's like, "Okay." They send the first offer, but they go, you know, they kind of put a time constraint on it, like you got to you got to let us know by this time. And I come into the offseason not worried about a contract extension. I'm like, I know I can play. I know I've proven myself, but like I'm I'm arbitration is next. We've never thought about a contract extension because it's never been talked about or whatever. And I remember telling my wife, like, when, when it comes through, she's like, You can't take it. We've never seen what they originally offered me, you know, and I'm like, I know, but man, I, I still feel like the numbers don't seem right because I, I know that's life-changing money. Like, we would be fine. We'd be set. But but I still feel like I'd be selling myself short because one thing after a lot of prayer, talking to my uncle, I actually called him. And he was like, man, if the money's there, he flat out told me, if the money's there, take it because you will get another one. 
Um, but it's like, you know, make sure it's, it's what you want and don't, don't be selling out to say, I want this. He said, don't give them a number, just kind of let it fall in place. But like they came to you, they will come back. And I remember after, you know, some prayer with my wife, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not ready to make this decision because I came in prepared for arbitration in three days. And then they just threw this contract extension at me and tried to give me a time limit when it's like, wow, man, I need a little bit more time to process this. And the time that they gave me wasn't enough time. So we end up, you know, we counter offered and they just said, uh, you know, tables off, you know, the offers off the table. But as they offer, you know, I, I'm thinking everything like J-Mo, um, what if, if we don't accept the whole, they ain't going to come back. Like, what, you know, I'm, you, they've never been, been gone through it before. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to say no. And then that dead is the kind of, like, you know, I'm thinking all these things, but at the same time, I know what value I bring. I know what what to expect. And he goes, no, no, trust me. They, they, they won't take it away. He said, I mean, we may not agree to terms, but he said, keep in mind, they approached us. We didn't approach them. And I said, okay, that, that, that was good to kind of, you know, have him tell me like, we didn't approach them. They approached us. So, the first offer, nobody accepts the first offer. Or, I mean, for the most part, you're, you're, you're probably not, you know, especially yeah. if they, if you go to them, they ain't going to accept your first offer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There, there's that, that back and forth. But, but I remember not agreeing to it. And then we go to arbitration. And I kid you not, like the whole arbitration day, like some teams are filing trial, which I don't know if you know what that is, but some teams won't talk to you. And it's like, you either accept our number or we're going to arbitration. Like, and, it's probably an hour and a half before the deadline. We haven't heard from them. They call first number. Uh, we're going to say this number. And we had a number in mind. And I remember the numbers like, we're not going below three. We're not going below three million. Cause after doing the research, comparables, JMO's like, we're going to, we, I think we started at like three, five. They started at like one, eight. Dang. And yeah, yeah. First offer comes and JMO goes, no. And then they come back and they give a couple comparables. And it's like, J-Mo's like, that doesn't make sense because this dude's a left fielder. My guys played second, short, third, and he had better numbers. So you're, you're offering the same deal when he's got better numbers and he's played more positions and offered more, you know, I guess you could say a flexibility to help a team and this or that. And didn't you and almost win the batting title that year? I was second. I was second. second. <laughs> And I just remember we we going back and forth. No, no. And we get to like five minutes before the deadline. And they eventually come up to the number two, eight. And I mean, if the deadline's at three, this is 259 with 58 seconds. And they go two, eight. And I mean, we were one of the last ones to file and agree. Like, as, you know, the yeah. verbal agreement. But when we got to two, eight, I remember telling JMO, I was like, I'm good with two eight because we had got down to three. I was like, we're not going to go below three. But when they came up, pretty much a full million to two eight, I was like, I'm not going to go to quarter over two hundred thousand. I had a team who I'm not a teammate. I'm not going to say his name, but he he was one of my, my my locker mates, and it was early in my career where he was going through the arbitration process. I remember we come in after BP one day, and he's got like a Manila folder in his locker, and this is probably. May, you know, we we're a good month and a half, two months into the season. And he's like, Oh, I got mail. I don't know what it is. It was a bill for the arbitration process that he had to pay oh. and he ended and he ended up losing. 
But I'm like, you got to pay for the arbitration process, you know, over so many hours and over, you know, 200 grand. What, what am I really arguing about? You know, I, I've, I'm already making more money than I would have imagined coming into this season because I was making a little bit more than league minimum the year before. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to go fight over 200 grand. Like, you know, I'm I'm in a good spot. 2.8 is that's fine. And I remember going in the spring training. They they even try to hit you with the, well, what happens if you get injured? You you know, they try to hit you with the scare tactics. Well, we came to you. you weren't. What, what happens if you get injured? What happens if you don't have, you know, as good of a year or – you know, is he going to be different in spring training? And, you know, J-Mo was one thing, like, one thing my that Jay Hay is going to be is he's going to be himself. He's not going to be any different. He's going he's gonna to be with his guys. He's going to show up. He's going to play. He's going to be him. And I remember being in spring training. I'm going through spring training, and it's like a week left. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to leave in like three, four days to go open up in my hometown in Cincinnati. And I have a meeting. The GM literally calls me in the office, and he goes, like, pulls me aside, like, let's talk. I said, okay. And I'm very aware of not speaking numbers, this or that. And he goes, I, I thought there was some mutual interest in a long-term deal. And I said, there is. Like, I- I've been here for three and a half years. Great place. Me and my family, like, love the guys in the clubhouse. Got some got some great things going on. We made the playoffs the past two years. Like, we, we-, we got something going special here. Who-, who wouldn't want to be here? And he goes, okay, cool. I said, I'm not asking for 100 mil. This- these were my words. He said, I ain't asking for 100 mil. But if you want to get it, I'll take it. And he laughed. Like, he laughed, but I was just like, but then I said, no, just being honest, man, I just want to be treated fair. Like, if, if this is what's going to happen, you, you can get with my agents. We can make something happen. I want, I want it to be treated fair. And we literally had something come up, and they were able to come up with something. And we actually agreed. We had a game opening day and then an off day in between the next two. So I had actually agreed to the terms before opening day. But it wasn't announced until – I remember we played opening day in Cincinnati. The next day is an off day. I have to go get my physical in Pittsburgh to, you know, complete the, the contract. But when I tell you there are no straight flights to Pittsburgh, <laughs> when I tell you there are no straight flights to Pittsburgh, they had a car pick me up at like 6 a.m., drive me four and a half hours to Pittsburgh. It's raining. Four and a half hours to Pittsburgh to do my physical, to, to complete my contract. You bring me back that day. And I get home, and then the next day they announced my contract, um, you know, my contract extension, which looking back on it, man, was, was so cool because, um, like I said, we opened up in Cincinnati, Great American Ballpark. They did a press conference at Great American Ballpark for me and my family. And I think they said it was the first time that a visiting player had a, had a press conference there since Derek Jeter was named captain. So, like, it was kind of a cool experience. My parents, my wife, uh, my, my, my oldest daughter, Mia, um, my aunts, uncles, like it, it was a cool ceremony for my family to be there. And uh, it happened quick. But but yeah, it was it, it, I went from focusing on arbitration to like, man, it came at me with a contract offer, but I wasn't ready for it. But the first one was like, man, how do I say no? Because I've never seen that money. But having J-Mo say that pro- you, you don't want to take it, but I work for you if you want to take it. You know, me and Mike, we, we work for you. If you want to take it, by all means, take it. But just telling you as an agent, it's not a good deal. And when it was all said and done, my deal was double what they originally offered me. Dang. But, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I flat out, as you said, bet on myself. I told J-Mo, I said, after praying and thinking on it, said, I didn't come into this offseason, you know, worried about a contract offer. And 
for them to throw the fear of being injured and this and that at me. I said, I've never played this game fearful, and I don't want to make a decision being fearful. So I said, let's go into arbitration. And we end up getting the contract done, and it was a blessing in disguise from that moment on. 2015 through 2019, I spent at least six weeks on an injury list every year. Dang. Yeah, and you had talked about that and the adversity and, and being injured is a, is a different type of adversity, you know, especially in sports. <clears throat> but that's a that's dope, man. Um, you know, obviously, because I think you were in the MVP votes, too. You were in the top 10 there, too. Yeah, so I, it's like... <laughs> I, was, I was top 10 MVP votes. I was after 2014. And, I mean, not anything that I ever set out to be like, you know, I, I play the game hard. I know what I'm capable of. Was it a surprise to you? I'm like, no. Um, I've been an all-star at every level I've been, so being one of the major leagues wasn't a surprise to me. Um, regardless of what other people thought or this, I said, I don't really put too much emphasis on what people think because all I worry about is, you know, proving myself right. The, the thoughts and the beliefs that I have for me, don't. it comes from me. Uh, my motivation doesn't come from anything outside. You know, it, it, it starts with me. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. That's so dope. I'm glad I finally got to hear because, you know, J-Mo shared a little bit and we started talking about it whenever I got the deal with Adidas and I knew and I knew you played a a little role in there. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but uh, I feel like J-Mo used you a little bit in your deal with Adidas to get me the deal. So I was like, hey, appreciate you, bro. (laughs) Well, well, I always told them if they could keep it in the family, I said, hey, keep it in the family because I I, I went out on the limb with, with Adidas too. I was Under Armour before that and Adidas came, and I was like, man, I'm going to give Under Armour every opportunity because that's who I've been with. But, you know, things didn't work out. And I was like, Adidas, I, I, I've always been one to that wasn't necessarily like a follower or whatever. Adidas, yeah, I ain't really got nothing going right now. But they were able to, like, no, nah, man, this is the gear that we can send you. You, all, you know, the merchandise off the field. I'm like, yeah, I can keep my family and some, you know, some – cool stuff but at the same time I saw what their vision was they were getting back into baseball because they were a soccer first um, you know company and I was like well man I I would I would rather help lead the wave than let it be on the wave and then me come over like you know I'm, I'm not the, the follower type guys if, if it takes to be different I'll be different and I was one guy that I think they said they send me more shoes than anybody because you know some guys got cleats was like I only like that style me, I'm not superstitious. Send me the lows, send me the highs. I wear my pants up. I'm, I'm gonna switch it up. Like, and they was like, man, we like sending you stuff because you wear everything. I said, <laughs> superstitious. I'm, I'm gonna keep some flavor. I'm gonna switch it up. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm superstitious, but dude, Adidas, the 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 heat they brought to the baseball world, it it I, was dope. No, it was. It they was they, dope. they they did. But um, but no, man, that's what's up. But uh, before we wrap it up. I wanted to, you know, just get some information because, you know, maybe I want to get involved or maybe someone listening wants to get involved. So uh, the Josh and Brittany Harrison's for Hope Foundation, you know, what is, can you give me a quick elevator pitch about that? Yeah, so so me and my wife, my wife, Brittany, um, she, she owns her own business, has since college. She went to school for information systems. She was an IT major, um, but she, she runs her own business, has since college. And uh, both her and I, as you mentioned, we got two daughters, Mia and Kinsley. And you, you know how it is as, as a parent. Um, you see your kids and, and the necessities. You, you make sure that they have the necessities, food, you know, shelter, clothes, um, things that we tend to take for granted. And 
we, we, we were noticing there was something we were involved in in Pittsburgh called Blessings in the Backpack. We were providing meals for kids that uh, didn't have food on the weekends, basically. Um, and we, we were just like, man, we, we, we have kids that don't need or want for anything. You know, our two daughters, blessed, fortunate. And kids are something that's always been, you know, on my heart, my wife's heart. And it's basically a, a foundation that helps kids from the minute they're born to the age of 18 uh, in various in various ways of need. Uh, we've had um, like coat drives. We've had we, we've even delivered like hats and scarves and stuff to the homeless shelter. We had a baby shower for expecting mothers from the women's shelter. Um, that's very big to my wife. You know, some women at the women's shelter may be pregnant and don't have, you know, bottles. They don't have a tub for a kid. Um, you know, certain things that as you have kids, you look at and be like, man, my kid has everything that they need and want. There are kids out here that don't have water, that don't have, you know, a place to sleep. And just something for us to feel like there are different areas of needs to make sure that, you know, kids that, that tend to be overlooked that any way that we can help. We don't do it for any recognition or anything. Obviously, that comes with the territory sometimes of what you're doing. But um, even before we had kids, it was always on our heart. But once we had kids, it was like it's even more apparent because, you know, our kids don't don't have to want for anything. They, they have the necessities that, as I said, we all kind of tend to take for granted. Having a place to sleep, having clothes, you know, having, having you know, family members around that, that can encourage you. Um, just being able to interact with some of the kids, even on the coat drives, man, it was it was cool, you know, because all kids, man, they they just want to be loved and and have somebody to encourage them. And I can remember I'm in Pittsburgh, and I, I'm a sucker for kids. Like, if if you're doing what you're supposed to, I have no issue, you know, rewarding you. And you know, and and I know how kids are. I remember we're telling them you got to get get a heavy coat. It's cold in Pittsburgh. You got to get some boots. You got to get some gloves. And you know, they're going around, they get some coats, they get some boots, they get some gloves, but they like, they keep going to the shoe section, man, I want them KDs, I want, you know, they sit, and, and some kids grabbing them, and some of the workers are like, no, no, they said you can only keep the boots, and I'm like, I was like, nah, let the kids get a pair of gym shoes, but I said, but, y'all gotta get some of them Columbia boots or something, I was like, you, you gotta get out of here with some, with some cold weather gear, I said, if you want those, you have to get the stuff that's on the list. And just one of those things where it's like, man, these kids, I, I look at it to where it was my kids. Nah, you're just going to get the winter stuff and we're going to go home because you got enough pair of gym shoes at home. You know what I mean? And just something like that, like, man, this kid probably doesn't have a pair of gym shoes at home. I have no issue supplying that because what one person won't do, you never know what could change a kid's outlook on life, what type of impact you may have. Somewhere down the road, they may pay it, pay it forward, have a foundation themselves where they're helping kids that was in the same situation as them. And just something to know that, man, I have my kids. I have, you know, my, my wife and kids, that's it's my family. That's my world. And knowing that I'm able to provide for them and, and that they have all the necessities, you know, always helps to, to, to take a step back and know that there are other kids that need help. That's dope, man. That's dope. Um, that's, that's the, the thing that I, I believe most about that. Obviously, the work you do is great, but you said you don't do it for any recognition. And that's true because I never even heard about it. <laughs> so and I've never heard you talk about it. So I'm like, that's obvious. But if there's a link you can send me or something, I'll put the link in the description. If people want to give to it or something like that. Cause you know, I'm always, I'm always looking for, you know, causes outside of the ones I currently support 
Just because right. I, I like, you know, I like giving back to to different things and, and for people I believe right. in, and obviously I believe in you. So that's what's up, yeah, man. We'll, we'll definitely exchange that because um, I want to say, that, I don't know if the website's under reconstruction. My wife said she was going to do it because we did have somebody do it, but I told you she's an IT major. She she wants to go in and add a few things to it. But um, like I say, she, she's so creative. I, I don't have that gene. Um, <laughs> like, that to a T, but yeah, we'll be able to definitely connect that information because we just got our board switched to Cincinnati because when I was in Pittsburgh, that's where my original likeness was. That's how we got it up and running and off the ground. And we, we had some good inaugural events that was able to help fund. And uh, even, even through my foundation, I got a couple of things in the works as far as scholarships for like, you know, possible for my high school and at UC, like giving back to some things that you know, and, and it's not necessarily sports related. You know what I mean? Granted, yes, what I do is sports, but, you know, it's going to be geared towards some kids that want to further their education that may be in a different situation from, from other kids, you know? That's what's up. Well, I was going to get into some tips, but we'll have you on the show maybe next year. Well, it's 2020. I, I mean, I give a quick tip nugget to, to the kids out there. Okay. Um, I, 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 okay, I'll, I'll word it like this. So, Usually I ask like, hey, if you're, you know, 17-year-old, 16-year-old Josh Harrison, what would you, you know, uh, you know, give to, you know, someone that age? But I want to say, I want to say give to, what can you get? This might be a little tr- tricky. What can you give to a parent who has a child that is playing? Because, you know, one of the problems right now is umpires and referees because parents is crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> What what little tidbit or tip or just something that you could say from maybe something you experienced of just to like, uh, you know, hey, this is what I enjoyed as a kid. And you obviously didn't have parents that were overbearing, cussing out umpires. But <laughs> um, <laughs> if I looked at an umpire referee the wrong way, my dad, man, you getting off the field. Yes. Same, same but, my way. Yeah. Same my way. I definitely got a little bit, just for parents and kids, especially times have changed from when I was in high school to now, even with the whole social media presence of, you know, you're seeing what other people are doing. Um, just a tip of advice, honestly, is to keep your your, your, your nose to the grind, focus on you. Um, it's so easy to get distracted now looking at your peers signing to go to college or what they're doing, how they're working out. As I mentioned, I graduated the same day I signed my national letter of intent. I didn't really have any offers. What kept me going was knowing that it's a process. It's a day-to-day process. I can't get too caught up in what's going to happen in the future. I can't get caught up with what the person to the right or left of me is doing. I I have to focus on me because everybody's got a different path. Everybody's got a different story. But if I'm focused on your story, I'm taking focus off of what I have to do. I'm not going to get the most out of what I need or I'm not going to get the most out of myself. So a lot of it comes with the comparison of stop worrying about what your counterpart is doing because we had the saying, if you ain't working, somebody else is. And if I'm worried about what somebody else is doing, the time that I'm using to worry about what you're doing, I could be using to get myself better. And to know that there's no set time or stone, set time or place to say you have to be doing this at a certain age or this or that. I was a late bloomer. I wasn't a late bloomer as far as athletic wise, just late bloomer. I didn't get a little taller to my junior, senior year. I was always undersized, but I could play. But if I was focused on what 
my my friends who signed in the fall of our senior year. I had friends sign in September. Oh, I'm going here. I'm going there. People, Josh, where are you going? I don't know. I'm probably going to go to JUCO, but not because of grades. I'm going to go to JUCO so I can play at the next level. Didn't have any offers and just stuck my nose to the grind, kept playing. Helped that I had my brother in my corner to, to keep me focused, but we went to the state final four, and that's where UC got to see me, Indiana, Northern Kentucky. I started getting Ball State. I'm getting called the last month of high school when it's like, man, y'all really don't have any money left, you know, that last month. But UC ended up being a blessing in the sky. Some guys got, you know, drafted. I ended up getting a 70%, and I signed the day that I graduated high school, which is kind of unheard of. You know, you that's sign cool. the day you graduate, well, you're probably going to get 10% or we'll give you books. I got a 70% scholarship the day that I graduated high school. So I wasn't focused on what other people was doing. And Caesar said and done, especially nowadays. But my, my, my tip of advice is enjoy the grind. But anything that you do, make sure you're having fun. If you're not enjoying it, what's the point of doing it? True. I like that. I like that. That's dope. Though. I didn't know you got a 70%, a 70% scholarship. That's what's up. Um, well, man, I appreciate having you on the show. Thanks for you know sharing uh, all that you shared. Um, obviously you're blessed, you know that, and, and that's why you chose to, uh, share your blessing. And I'm pretty sure those kids in Pittsburgh now and, and wherever you're touching, um, you know, kids, uh, that seems to be your weak point, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. thank, thanks for coming on the show and, um, tell your family, I said, thanks too, for allowing you to step away to, to look at my I'm ugly butt. My, my my wife actually just went to pick up the kids. We literally got back at like three in the morning from Mexico celebrating our anniversary. So Dang. they they were, but she went to go get them. Allowed me to do this. That's why you don't hear any. <laughs> she, daughter actually tried to Facetime me while we were just on though. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my camera messed up because I forgot to plug it in. But thanks, thank thank goodness I got somebody here to you know cover my <laughs> mistakes. But uh, we all good. Yeah, but no man, I appreciate you joining us and uh, yeah man, we'll we'll. We'll uh, be watching what you do in this next season, 2023, and uh, I'm excited for it. I know it's January, and that's when people start spring going down to train for spring training, but I'm really excited to see what you're doing. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one. All right, bro, you too. All right, everybody. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. This show will be up next Tuesday. And like I said, like, subscribe. We'll have all the uh, links that you need down in the description. And uh, leave a comment uh, for me and Josh. And uh, you'll be seeing this up again on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Everything is going to be everywhere. Uh, make sure you give me and Josh a follow. His socials will be in the uh, description as well. So I appreciate everybody. Peace. It feel like I'm a learner. Shout you, my little mama. I got a crib by the water.